Okay, Shalom Aleichem, welcome everyone to Tuesdays with Torah. Thanks a grace of Yashukoyach to our very own Chaim and Sarah Shore for sponsoring tonight's Shir for Zchus that Hashem should help all business deals to succeed for him and the whole Kehila and all of Klal Yisrael. And a happy birthday to your father, today's birthday. And a great Mazel Tov to our very own Hillel and Frumi Glucksman on the birth of a baby girl. And even though the um, Akiva says he knows, he knows the name, it's going to be Chevy. He likes cars. Yeah. Okay. Um, but whatever the name is, he should have Mazel and Brochen at and Gesund and and Nachas from her and from from uh, what's his big girl's name? His other one, Kelly, and uh, everybody. And uh, we also had another Mazel Tov. Didn't we have another Mazel Tov this week? Okay. We should have. Yeah, we should have another Mazel Tov. Another girls uh, for uh, everyone to hear that needs it. Whoever is uh, nice. Yes, also Malsa Rabbi Kilson on uh, the Bar Mitzvah of David coming up. Okay, so we had an amazing Hanukkah. My daughter Mary said she was complaining and she says, Why? It's not fair. Why does Hanukkah, we had such a nice time, why does Hanukkah have to go? And um, I, indeed, it was Baruch Hashem. We had such an amazing side. The Masiba we had here every single night. I had family things. Um, I had, um, it was just, just nice to well, be together. And I was supposed to go to Eretz Yisrael, and they came out with this uh, COVID thing and uh, vaccine, and, uh, and we canceled. But Baruch Hashem, happens to be, it was, ni- it was so nice to be here together with everybody and family. And that's really what it's about. That I think I'm not going to do uh, Hanukkah trips to uh, Eretz Yisrael. I think Eretz Yisrael is supposed to be with family, friends, not vacationing. I, I, that's what I came out with because it was so beautiful this year. That's what I believe. Do it another time. Go in December. Go, uh, you know, like another to- off time. It, it was apropos because the kids have off school. and uh, But... It's, it's, it's a nice thing to be together. So anyway, so what did I answer my daughter? I told her that it doesn't have to end. It doesn't have to end. Hanukkah can stay with you all life. You hear Yosef? It doesn't have to end Hanukkah. It could stay with you. All you have to do is like, you know, the, uh, the tzaddikim say that you don't pass through a yontav. Yontav has to pass through you. You have to have, and have something remain with you. And if you don't, you missed out something. So it's extremely apropos. It's not a coincidence. I'm telling you, it's not a coincidence. I go crazy from these things. That tonight's share is on the Peliyots, where we're up to, is on Hallel. When uh, that's one of the essence of the Yontafs is Hallel. And uh, we'll see how that was actually a real main part of the Yontaf. So let's see how we can... Uh, learn a little bit about how and see how the Yantuf cannot leave us and, and keep with us throughout the uh, rest of the cold season, double Adar, uh, Ibriyar year. So, Rabbi Shalom Zaman Orbach says that Hanukkah, the whole, the whole essence of Hanukkah is to come to the Taka to a point of thankfulness to the level of song. 
That's how is the level of song. You know, you could be happy, and you're happy. Then you could be so happy, you're singing, right? And not just singing in the shower, but singing wherever you are. That's, that's something which brings forth your, your joy, your happiness, right? So that's, uh, that's a level that we, we're trying to... Uh, and he says, and if you didn't grow in your level of joy about being a Yid, about being who we are, where we are, the whole yantav, a little bit. It's supposed to grow every night. But if you didn't, then you're missing the point. And he says, that's what's, so, that's what's special about Zoyz Hanukkah. Zoyz Hanukkah was the last day, is because that's when you have the, the biggest nace. You have the eight candles were, were lit, longer than nace, right? So that was the highest zenith of the nace, was that it was, you know, the first day... It was lit, that's how it's supposed to be. Second day, okay, it lasted longer. Third day, yeah, you know, it's really, wow, it's, spread, it's really spreading thin, this oil. But when it comes to the fifth day, you realize it's an ace. Six, seven, and eight already is something out of this world. And the eighth, obviously, is the highest. And that's the zenith of um, Hanukkah, of, that Hashem does Nisan for us. And that's what we have to do. Our Vayda is, and to keep it the rest of the year, is to realize all the Nisan that do happen to us, the little things that we just punked, right, happen to be here, right, you're probably sponsored because you did a great deal, but like, think about how that great deal happened, right? You know, you just were here at this time, I, I know you do, but just bringing it forth, you know, I happened to have been here at the time, and he said, I just, I need what you have, and uh, let's, uh, and all these things happen, it's not just by chance, it's because the Rebbeinu Shalom is doing it to us, and, show, not, and showing it to us, so, that's very important. The Chavis Havavis says... And that's felt in there too, the Hav and the Chav, right? 100%. Um, and, and to make life enjoyable to, by having uh, Yosef there. So that's true. So the Chavis Havavis says that by being cognizant of the good things that you have, these will bring goodness. Right? And um, the Peleoids goes on to say an amazing thing. Listen, <laughs> listen to the words. I'm gonna, I wrote it down. I don't have the safer here. Listen to the words that he says exactly like this. Um, call me anybody that a nace was done for him. The Noima Shira. And he said thanks. Now what does that mean? That doesn't mean Shira. It doesn't matter. They have to, they just have to compose a song and, and, and put it on, um, you know, thank you Hashem. Uh, you know, but what he can't, and it's nice too, but it's beautiful. But he doesn't have to do that if he's not a songwriter. But if he ha- what he has to do is tell other people what happened. This is what happened. This is what this is what happened to me. And if he does this, right? Call me Shenasaloynes. Nes happened to him. and he says Shira. He What is his shchar? It will be repeated another time. He needs a nes. He's in a situation. Another time he needs a nace, a nace will happen. Another nace will happen. Just my wife is telling me a story, a local story of Farakaway that happened, a nace that happened, um, must have been, it was just, it was, she was reading it in the, in the Mishpacha this week, that um, a freshman, the lady that does the fruit platters, is, uh, right, that's, I have her on my phone as the fruit platter lady. And anyway, so she wrote an article this week in the um, in the mishpacha about how her husband was going right here on beach 
8th and, um, no, it wasn't Beach 8th, mm-hmm. it was, yeah, Beach 8th and Lynette, where do you live? Mm-hmm. On Lynette, right? And he was going to shul for Shabbos, and he was, it was the first time he brought his little little kid, and they were going to shul, and this kid was so excited, first time going to shul, he was running ahead, Baruch Hashem, and as he's walking from behind one of those big garbage cans by the school, out came a brother, and um, I think I didn't say it, but whatever, a, a person came out and took a shotgun and had a shotgun and shot him and um, ran away. And this was a few years ago. And w- right, right in the back, right, right here. You can see from here. Yeah. So his her husband, her husband, not not the fruit lady, the um, her husband. So he got shot. And they, of course, called Atzala. They brought him in right away, and it was really, really bad. It turns out that the shotgun that they used... You, anyone know uh, Arya is not here? Uh, it's the gun, yeah. The gun, yeah. Um, wouldn't that be fun if he walked in? Um, so, Avram. So, so, yeah. So, it turns out that the bullets that they used were, I think, shotgun bullets that supposed to scatter. It's like such vicious, you know, like you have to... That, that it, um, that it, yeah, it splits and it goes to all different places, right? Okay, so it doesn't like come in clean cut, and it basically it ripped into every organ of his body, including the aurora, which is the the main artery, uh, what the aorta, yeah, the main artery of of that brings back the blood from the heart. And they brought him in, and the pairing one thing, another thing. He says, once they saw that Aurora was was pierced, they they weren't even going to work on him. But believe it or not, it calcified somehow, right? It was near Hanukkah, and a nace, and it happened. And he's hundred percent fine. He's well. He's he's he came made it. He made it out to stay alive. So she was she was writing the article just like you know, Kantam, That was her Haida Haida Tashem, her halal. Is that here? This is all bets. Everything says that she, she he should have been dead, and and she should have been an amana, and the kid was a, should be a yasam. But um, Baruch Hashem, um, they the anase happened, and and it and it made and it made it. After interesting thing is that I wanted to see if after the article of another anase, like the Pelayoy says, another anase happens. But um, the point is is that that's that's a nice thing to do. You have a nace that happens to you, write about it, say about it, uh, you know. That was, that was Hanukkah. That was the whole idea of Hanukkah. To the point is, to the point was, it's, uh, there was a psak from the Chochmah Shleima. Rabbi Malach Birimi brings it down. He, he, I don't know if this is a real story or just a psak. A fellow was in jail. I think it was a real story. A fellow was in jail. And... At, they led him for Hanukkah. They appreciate. Led him. There, there's no lighting in the jail. You know, you gotta burn the place down. It's not. The jail is different. Different uh, rules over there. You know, it's not like oh yeah, we have religious. Well, no, it doesn't go that way. Um, Bikitzer, they um, they told him you have a choice. You can either go out once during Hanukkah for for a davening for a howl b'tzibur, or or go out to light. You can't light in, in jail. You could go out, whatever, to home or supervised uh, to synagogue, wherever it was. So he came, the Shiloh was, what do I do? I have a choice. I could do Halbitzibur or 
um, can't lighting uh, lighting the menorah. So obviously, I thought the mitzvah is benera. The mitzvah is not hollows. And a nice thing we do. It makes the evening a little longer. You got to wake up a little earlier, Hanukkah, if you want to. You know, it's it's uh, it's. But the Chachma Shlomer writes, do not light and go to shul. Halal b'tzibur is more important. Is more of the essence of Hanukkah than lighting the. the he never lit. Yeah, it's amazing. Halal b'tzibur is what you should do. Uh, and if you don't do b'tzibur, you do it biyachid. Uh, but the idea is that everybody together saying halal is is more important. That's that's what it is. And it's apropos that um, for me, it's like we had um, my my daughter. I don't know if I showed you. My daughter just came out with a book from my um, from my from my mother-in-law, the redhead of Auschwitz. And um, it was a book about how my mother-in-law made it through Auschwitz and Nisim one after another after another Nisim happened, and she she um, she took five years to um, to write this book. And recently, before the book was coming out, my mother-in-law was she fell first of all. She got she was in the hospital. She was sick. She was uh, she's Baruch Hashem, a ninety-five-year-old woman, and against all odds, she. Healed and she's back, walking around, you know, with a walker, but walking around, cooking uh, her, my, my brother-in-law came to her Shabbos, she says, come for Shabbos, I'm cooking Shabbos, she cooked him a Shabbos, she's back to her, you know, when, herself, but the night, she, Baruch Hashem, made it through to see this book in production, and um, the book was amazing how, you know, People didn't want to publish it. It was like, who needs every publisher? She didn't want it in the, like, in the Jewish publishers. She wanted the world. My mother-in-law very, very much wants, as, as you know, she's 95, and she's from the last Holocaust survivors, she realizes is that in five, she should live to another, another 100 years, but in reality, after another 5, 10 years from now, right, there is not going to be any survivors left. Right? So... She was very, very much wanted to have it out to, to the whole, to the whole world, and the world should see what's going on. And um, so she finds she. My daughter was looking for a publisher. Everyone said, "Nah, you know who who needs to read another Holocaust book? There's so many of them out there, and indeed they are." She found a publisher, small publisher, and that took it on, but they didn't expect what was going to happen. What happened was that she she put it on on, on Instagram. And uh, all about and interviewed my mother-in-law, and she she said over a lot of things. She had one, and it went things went viral one after another. She had it's called the redhead of Auschwitz on on, on whatever. I don't have Instagram, but I I get uh, whoever has it. I get to see the latest posts, and one post was uh, watched. It was like a, a clip. It was nothing. It was ten second clip about, her. and it was watched by eleven million people. 11 million people watched that post. And Baruch Hashem, in the first two days that the book came out, it was a, came out the first day of Hanukkah, Sunday. And in two days it sold 5,000 copies. And they say a good author, a good book is usually, in the, in the first two months it's 5,000. You know, and then it appears, whatever. But so Baruch Hashem, that was um, such a thing. And, and it's very, makes sense because the whole book was really about Haidah, the Hashem, and about how she lived always with Hashem, and how she she realized that um, 
you know, in order in order to live, she has to it, she has to push through. You know, it's easier to die for most of those people. It's easier to die than to live. And she says, no, the diaries have to go on. And and it was like perfect that it came out. Mamish by Hanukkah, the Hanukkah story of of survival of of the survival of a Jewish nation came out with the Haida aspect of it, of thanking Hashem, and, and uh, is is just again nothing is a. Uh, nothing is a coincidence. Neither is today's Daf Yoimi, which you know how I always go crazy. It's today's Daf Yoimi talks about Halal, and um, you know we're learning about Halal. That's today's Daf, and it talks about Halal. It actually, talks about how um, the uh, some say that you should eat first before Halal, because when you say Halal, you shouldn't be hungry. You shouldn't be. So hence, um, this is probably where the Kiddush clubs came about. You know. But the only thing is that usually they do it after Halal if there's a. But he, the Gemara says that don't do it when you're when you're hungry because you want to really give out the, when you're saying Halal, give it out. You've got to feel good. You got to feel comfortable and, and, and give that whole thanks to Hashem. That's uh these these are these are not. Uh, so the amazing thing is is that if when you thank Hashem and you and sincerely think about what He did then you keep on getting, you keep on getting more. And the same thing goes for anybody else. You're supposed to thank people. There's a, there's a Gemara that says, even if you're, you give your kids, friend, food, they're supposed to thank you. So why have some chocolate on their face? They're going to come back and they're going to say, uh, why is your face full of chocolate? Because uh, Devorah's mommy gave me chocolate. Oh, very nice. Thank you very much, Devorah's mommy. Thanks for, uh, you know... Gazing up my child with sugar. <laughs> you really know. <laughs> the idea is to say thank you. You know, you give, you give the kids a treat. So that's, so of course, if Hashem, who gives us constantly, one after another, and he, there's so many things, the Peleoids goes on to say how many things that we have to thank Hashem for. The thank, the thank to Hashem that uh, we, we have, we have Parnasa, we have goodness, and even if we don't, and we have health, and we have, even if we don't, we, he says we should find the good things in our lives to thank Hashem, and then thus it will increase. That's his, that's his point. He says you definitely could find. There's always some, something good about your life, something special, something that you can thank Hashem for. When you take those things, find it, you'll get the more things. And he says that, like, uh, you know, so, but the more you do have, the more you have to thank Hashem. A king, he says, shouldn't get up from the floor. Because when you thank Hashem, you go down to the floor and made him thank you so much. He says somebody who has who has good parnasa, who has uh, who has who's, who's, uh, has children and who has a family and a, a house, he shouldn't get up. There's nothing. There is no. Uh, and indeed, the essence of a yid. What are we called? What are, what are we? What's our name of our nation? Yehudim. What's Yehudim? Yehuda, right? Yehudim. Yehudim is Haida. Haida. Why did why did Leah call her child her child Yehuda? Because she says, I uh, give thanks, and I, it was one extra child. I, I got my share of children. Thanks, you didn't have to give me this child. It's extra. And that's the essence of the thanks that we have to always remember that this is uh, our, our ticket to, um, to, to, really, to really going further and further and, and getting um, more what we need, and not only what we need, just just to be a, as as yidden. That's our essence of a Jew is to thank somebody. 
you know, we, we see in the world how it's, it's you know, the, the killings that are going on. It's like, how in the world, as a right, there was a story we just said, how is it possible to somebody who has a right for one person to take another person's life? And it just becomes more and more natural as we say, oh yeah, somebody killed somebody. It's like, no, the world should stop. How could somebody kill somebody? It's so against what, what it is. And Hashem constantly is giving us life. We, we have to constantly think about how thankful we are. And um, so the, uh, the, the, uh, the, there was once a, a teacher that um, was talking about, uh, he had a, um, it's a famous story, he had, he had his class and they were talking about the wonders of the world and they were discussing which wonders are the wonders of the world. So one of the guys, he, you know, he says, write what your wonders are. And, and most people were writing what they're the seven wonders. And, and most people said the standard things, Niagara Falls, um, the Great Wall of China, um, the Great Reef, or um, what, are the, what are the other wonders? The Grand, um, Arizona's Grand Canyon. Um, whatever, whatever. What? Chrysalis is not, yeah. But Baltimore, but anyway, Baltimore Inner Harbor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to say the, the, the south side of Farakoy. Um Okay, so uh, um, so he says there was one girl there that was not writing anything, and he said to her, "Where's yours?" She goes, "I'll tell you the truth. There's so many things for me to write. The wonders of the world. I don't know where to start. I just." She says, write down a few things, let's, let's work on it. So she, um, she, wrote down, she wrote down as follows, yes, so she says that, um, okay, I, here's a few, but there's so much more. She says, okay, let's read, read us your wonders of the world. She says, my wonders, my seven that I have to start with is to touch, to feel, to hear, to see, to taste, to love, to laugh, to sing, and to become closer with other people. She says, that's not a wonder of the world. He said, everybody was quiet. Everybody realized that they're looking for things that are so far. We are the things that are so close. That we're wonders that are, that are with us at all times. And they're amazing, amazing things. And without these things... We wouldn't have the quality of life that we have, but yet we don't think about them. We want to go to the Great Wall of China and see that. We want to see that, but let's see what we have. And that's things that we have to think about when thanking the Rabbanu Shalom. So I want to end this with this story, an amazing story um, about you know, realizing what we have and thanking Hashem. Amazing story I heard from Reb Waiwai from, from over, over, uh, over Hanukkah. And he says that there was a story, famous story, of a Talmud of Rabbi Yisrael of Rizin. Now, Rizin is like one of the... The Rebbe of Rizin is, was hands down one of the top, top Bali Moivsim, top, top rabbis out there. I mean, we're not going to have a rabbi war fight, but like definitely everybody, everybody agrees. This is like he was one of the biggest tzaddikim. He was like holy and balmoifus and everything like that. Anyway, so he had a Talmud, and the Talmud was a wonderful man. He was blessed with many things, but one of the things he was not blessed with was money. He was a very poor individual, and, uh, but yet he had full of simchas 
But he worked very, very hard just to put bread on his table and, and, and clothes on his family. And he had a big family. And he had to marry off his daughter. And there was nothing, nothing, not a, not a grush, nothing, not a peso extra, nothing. And his, um, and, and, and his wife said, you know, what, what are we going to do? Label, what, what, what are we going to do? So she says, don't worry, Hashem's going to help. He says, no, you know what? Label. She kept on begging him. You have a rich uncle in Vienna. Why don't you go to the rich uncle and, and ask him for money to help? Help with financial aid. And he never wanted to go. And Because he, he always felt that it's not going to work. For whatever reason, he's not gonna, it's not going to work. It's, it doesn't make sense. So I guess you got to know the uncle, you know. So a, um, finally, she begged him and begged him and nagged and nagged and begged. And finally, she says, buy yourself a nice tie, a nice jacket, so, like a mensch. Go to, go to Vilna and ask your uncle, please. So he finally um, acquiesced and he uh, got a carriage, he got a nice jacket, and he took a tie, and he's going, traveling to Vienna. And on the way, all of a sudden, he's thinking about it, he takes off his tie, takes off his jacket, he tells the carriage, turn around, we're going back home. He comes back home and his wife sees him and she says, what's going on here? You told me, you said, why are you home? He says, I'll tell you, I was thinking about it. And I was thinking that it does not pay to go. It's a long trip and I'm going to go. Why? Because I have three questions. Number one, I don't even know if my uncle's alive. I don't know if he's alive. You don't, there's no, there's no uh, newspapers or Instagram or anything like that. Number two, even if he's alive, I don't know if he still has money. Maybe he lost all his money. Maybe he doesn't have, maybe he's a poor man, like me. And number three, even if he is alive and he has money, I don't know if he's going to give me. I really, I don't know that. He says, however, so I was thinking about this, like, why am I going? And now, as I was thinking about it, I was thinking about the Rabbani Shalalem, the Rabbani Shalalem elect. We all understand the Yiddish, right? The Rabbani Shalom left, right? And the Rabbani Shalom is a Reich, Reich a mensch, or he's a rich person. And the Rabbani Shalom wird sicher geben. The Rabbani Shalom for sure gives. So if I have three unknowns, and I have three for sures, of course I'm not going to, uh, why should I go? Why should I go on three unknowns when I have three sures? So I'm here, and I'm sure I'm, I'm renewing my, my faith in Hashem, and I'm sure we're going to get for our daughter's uh, wedding. Two weeks go by, and as always, yes, there's a knock on the door. Correct. There's a knock on the door, the neighbor comes, and the neighbor says, you know, I was called up for special duty um, in the uh, army, and it's a very, very special secret mission, and I don't know if I'm going to make it, in my backyard, right behind my house, right behind, there's a tree there next to the tree. I buried a treasure. I don't have anybody in my life. I never was married. I don't have family. My family is not anymore. You're a very good person. If I don't come back in a month, then I didn't make it because it's supposed to be a short mission. And uh, if I'm not back in a month, for sure I, I didn't make it. I want you to have it. You and your family should enjoy it. It's a beautiful big treasure there. So, 
he wishes him well. You know, how do you wish a guy like that well? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't uh, don't do anything safe. Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, don't do anything dangerous. Of course, yeah, that's what I meant. Um, anyway, so he um, goes off, and a month passes, and he didn't come. A month. He waits a few days, a week, two weeks. He says, I don't know. I should take it already. He goes to the backyard, and they start to dig. And indeed, next to that tree, under the thing, was a big, beautiful treasure with diamonds and gold and silver. No questions asked where you got it from, but a beautiful treasure uh, that would uh, do him very, very well for the rest of, and his children and Enoch for the rest of his life. And he didn't know, so he waited a little bit. He still wasn't coming back. He didn't know what to do. Should he take it? He never took anything that wasn't his. And he was a little bit scared what to do. So he had the perfect idea. Let me go to my Rebbe. So he... Uh, hooks up his horse and buggy and he travels to his Rebbe and he goes to his Rebbe and he he, um, has a long trip goes to the Heliger Rebbe from Ruzin and as he's coming in to the courtyard he sees the door open and the Rebbe's there looking over his his Gemara, his Svarim and he comes in and he says, Velvel picks up his head he says, Velvel he says, the Abishta leapt. The Abishta Zreich. And the Abishta Zicher gapped. He says, of course. The Abishta, this is, this is a true story. No idea how, how he knew it. He turned around. He says, thank you, Rebbe. He turned around, came back. He took the treasure. He had with his faith and with his uh, steady fast. Uh, knowledge that Hashem is the one that takes care of him. He had this treasure. He was able to marry off his children. And legends has is that for many generations, this family was um, rich for many, many generations. He might have even been called, been called Reichman. And that was the, um, the, the seed money of where he was able to invest years later. And um, that's, that's because somebody who really, really failed lived with the Rabbani Shlelem. And that's how we can take Hanukkah through us throughout the year is by realizing all the good things that we have and living with it and saying really who it came from, realizing it's not just coincidence. It came from the Banyu Shalom. Grab onto it. Thank Hashem for it. And let's enjoy it and, and keep on thanking and thanking Hashem. Mr. Hashem, we should all have all the brachas that comes with it. See you next week. Amen.